Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today, folks, we have a wonderful guest on the show. Tyler Crook is on the podcast. He's done BPRD. He's done so many things for Dark Horse. I'll be here for 10 minutes trying to explain it. But, man, it's a fun, really in-depth conversation about a lot of stuff. You know, being an artist in comics for in, in 2020 a little bit, but then also a lot about deep diving about the comic book industry and the current state of the industry as well. You know, with Scholastic maybe being the top publisher. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'm probably going to get some hate from this episode. But you know what? That's perfectly fine because we're telling it how it is. And we're always honest on this show. Damn it. <laughs> but thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. Of course, if you want new episodes every Monday... At I mean, if it's going to be Christmas week, I'm not going to have a new episode out because no one's going to listen then or New Year's. Then subscribe for new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, ComicChronicle.Podbean.com, or even watch sometimes or catch a listen on YouTube. That's right. I'm on YouTube. Dakota Morgan on YouTube, where I do video game playthroughs, toy unboxings, animal caretaking videos, and stuff like that. And of course, this podcast. And you guys can catch... Uh, video of the other Comic Chronicle podcast episodes as of late this year, and also the Film World podcast back when we were doing that. And of course, if you want to follow on social media, I am at Dakota Morgan Three on Twitter, and as well as on Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan ninety seven, and on Twitch actually now Dakota Rex ninety seven on Twitch. So, folks, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Like I said, subscribe, leave a review. It really helps. Share the show with your friends, you know. We're doing a lot of fun stuff on the show as of recent, and if all works through, we have a lot of fun plans for 2020 or 2021. Hopefully the world doesn't end and turn into Mad Max. And, of course, folks, I'm going to tell you again, like last episode, hopefully you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, okay? Please, 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 please stay safe, stay healthy. No. Mentally, physically, all that sort of jazz like that. Uh, it's been tough on my end with a lot of stuff, but making it work here, making it work. Happy to be doing the podcast back. Back in action on the podcast. And without further ado, folks, let's dive right into an escape from the shitty-ass year of 2020 with Tyler Crook. We're recording now, but it's fine. I can talk about this. It's been a whole lot of we were supposed to like move into a studio Mm-hmm. and all this other jazz and you can imagine march was very rough <laughs> so yeah. very, whoop, it was very rough and there goes my mic as i can say <laughs> everything was destroyed to say the least here all right and we're gonna hold it up here today but man i definitely gotta say is welcome to the show as this clusterfuck happens all around <laughs> Oh my God, Tyler! Man, thank you for bracing with me on this one here. Cat destroying stuff, all sorts of jazz like that. But it's an honor to have you here, to say the least. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Of course. And dude, I gotta say though, is I, sometimes I tell people this, sometimes I don't. Is when I discovered your artwork, by the way, I'm like, man, this guy with your iconic artwork. There's got to be a backstory to this because holy shit, like you have some really good iconic stuff. Not to blow you here, but I'm being honest here. It's really cool. Well, thanks. I I don't know if I have anything, any special backstory, anything different than just about anybody else. Mm. Well, I mean, how'd you get started though? Like, what was the thing that kind of got you started in being an artist? Um, well, it's one of those things that started when I was a little kid. Like, I was, um, I got really into a show in like um, 
the third grade, there was a TV show called Secret City that was um, had a host, Commander Mark, and he, um, he it was basically like one of those things where he would just show kids, he had the little art lesson for kids on, mm. on PBS or whatever. And uh, yeah, I lost it over that show and started um, drawing a bunch of stuff. I have a very sort of distinct memory of drawing a dune buggy in third grade and being like, holy shit, I drew this thing? And wow. And being super into art, you know, my whole life since then. And there was like, there was some times too, like in high school and stuff where I like got sick of everyone thinking I was an artist so I wouldn't tell people about it. You know what I mean? But, oh, you were a closet <laughs> artist. All right. Just not, I mean, not really. It was one of, like, because everyone already knew that I was an artist, I just stopped sort of, like, taking art classes and and making any sort of a fuss about it because it was irritating. Why, though? Like, why was it irritating? I'm curious. Um, is, is well, it, like, for, the whole thing of me? people not wanting to be, like, they're, like, giving you shit about it? No, it was, like, uh, it was a whole thing of, like, you know, like, I was 15 or 16 or whatever, right? And people would be like, oh, I'm going to save this doodle you did for when you get famous. And I'm like, huh. I don't know. I don't know what. Like, I just drew, like, the Stussy logo. Like, I don't know what you're talking I don't know what. Yeah. Like, being famous sounds fine. But, like, if you're not going to tell me how to do it, don't tell me I'm going to I'm going to do it, you know? Exactly. It's like, it's nice to know you think I'm going to become famous. But if you have that road, uh, like the Candyland road right in front of me here, tell me how. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that I get. That I often get here. Like, I've got like... that oh, so much. It's not as an artist, but as a writer, though. As a mm. podcaster. And then, I mean, like, I don't know if you can tell or not. It says Herp Life on my shirt for Herpological. So people are, I work with exotic animals as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know monitors come out dragons stuff like that and snakes too and you know hearing that shit of oh you're gonna become such a famous podcaster what was the you're gonna become chris hardwick or oh you're gonna become jack hannah i'm like you know how long <laughs> those fuckers have worked there's yeah, no way yeah. oh it my feels god like a, a lot of pressure doesn't it like yes. you could just be having fun and making this thing that's like cool but like people want to turn it into like this big like oh you're gonna be a huge success about it oh, but do. Oh, they do. I mean, I write seven comic book series right now for a comic book company, SGGS. Mm -hmm. And man, people are like, you're going to become Jeff Johns. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to... I, I like my amount of stress for work. I don't want to mm -hmm. have, like, you're ahead of DC Comics stress. Well, not use the accent yeah. now, but mm -mm, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, that's kind of a valid reason, though. It's almost very humble of you, I might say. <laughs> I'm probably the most humble person you've ever met. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. I can really see it. I mean, yeah. Well, that's. I think a lot of us who work in comics. I'm not going to say all because I've heard stories. I will not name names here because I don't want to get in trouble. But I would say 99.9% .9 of us are really humble folks. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're, especially if you're a working cartoonist or working in comics. You get humbled pretty quickly. Like, it's just such a small community, and um, being comic book famous is like being—I can't think of a good example—but it's not being very famous at all. It's, you know, like like uh, I drew yeah. BPRD for three years, and that yeah. to me was like that was it. You know, that was, that was like 
just about the only work for hire thing that I could imagine. Like before I got into the industry, that was about the only thing I would be like, that's what I want to do is draw BPRD. Ooh. And then I did it. And I still like, we'll meet people and they're like, you draw comics. What's the most popular thing you've done? And I'll be like BPRD. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh. well, have you, well, have you seen the Hellboy movies? Yeah. Well, the Hellboy movies are based off a comic and the BPRD is a spinoff of that comic. It's like the little known series that people need to really check out is BPRD and Hellboy in general. <laughs> like that's the yeah. thing. Oh, that's gotta be. I'm just, I'm sitting here trying to imagine that's like, that's gotta be somewhat painful. You're like, yeah, and then like, you're really excited to be like, yeah, BPRD, and they're like, what is that? Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, what's nice about it is that, um, like, it definitely, um, A, keeps you humble, but it also sort of, it puts it in a in a perspective where you, it, it just reminds you why you're doing this sort of thing. Like, I'm doing it because I love it. Um it's like a great way for me to spend my day is drawing comics, you know, like that's, yeah. um, that's yeah. the thing that motivates me is like, just like trying to have a very nice day doing a thing that I enjoy. Cause and, even writing it, let me be honest with you on the writing side, it's the same mm -hmm. shit. We're like, if you can just turn on that music and just go to town, like you put on some pair of headphones, like some cans, mm -hmm. turn on that music you lock that studio room door and you just go to town therapy therapy that's like oh. there's so many so many people who are like aspiring artists and writers who the they're they're having they have a hard time getting to that point where they actually enjoy the shitty parts of the job you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, pre it prevents them from doing a lot of the stuff that they want to do because they're stuck thinking it should be like all perfect flow instead of like the struggle that it is, you know, it's half true. the time. They're, yeah. Whether being an artist, a writer, an editor, hell, even inkers I know. <laughs> like they they have a tough time too. Like there's that underside of comics I don't think people really truly understand. And you know, that's kind of a thing like yeah. once you're in it, you get it. Like social media, marketing, like the greediness of okay, like should I have a day job and still work in comics? So there's <laughs> yeah, that yeah. to deal with. I don't know. Do you do that, or is it? Are you full time as an artist? Oh yeah, I'm full time. My my very first book, um, Petrograd, was I was working full time um, in the video game industry and then drawing comics at night and and weekends. So it what was you like games though. Say that again. What's she doing video games? I did. Um, Mostly 3D modeling. I did some like interface design stuff. I kind of, I, I did video games for like 12 years. So I, was, I, I did a lot of different stuff. Like I, my first, my first games I worked on were uh, the PlayStation One, um, sort of midway through that development cycle, and then wow, and then you the last thing. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't yeah. interrupt. You kind of aged yourself before. <laughs> like, a PS One, we're on the five right now, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think PlayStation 3 was the last thing I developed for. Yeah, they were just starting. They were just nice. ramping up for when I quit to do comics full-time. Nice. Yeah. You've been all over the spectrum. Yeah, I've done... Well, I've done... I've been super lucky in that I've done almost only um, art jobs. Mm. My, since I was, like... I think my first, like, full-time art job was when I was... I think I was still 18 when I got it. 
I might have been 19. No, I was 18. I was 18. And I've been doing it, and I'm 46 now. I You're think. only 46. <laughs> I'm only 46. Sir, I'm like, you know, I got my monitor on my left side right now, and I'm looking at you right now. You do not look 46. I would say <laughs> you a grizzled 30s almost, maybe like a, a hard 30. Yeah, a hard. <laughs> we're all experiencing a hard 120, so that's okay. <laughs> it could easily be like, I got all these grays this year. Don't yeah. worry about it. The secret is no kids. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. my secret. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not really a secret. It's just called logic. <laughs> sorry to anyone who has kids listening or watching this right now. I'm so sorry, but you lost out on life. Yeah. You really did. I've The only kids I've taken care of have had four legs or they were snakes, <laughs> and I've helped hatch them. Like, that's about it. I'll be honest here. That, and I am fine with that. And if they're two legs, they're called primates. And it's yeah. a-okay. Like I oh, really, man. I really enjoy hanging out with kids, but I really enjoy going home to where they aren't anymore too. Now I don't mean to like ruffle any feathers, but are you a single man married? No, I've been married twenty years, twenty something years. You are living the life. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, you're doing something right. You've been married for twenty something years now, and hopefully she doesn't listen to this and be like, "Hey, asshole!" <laughs> well, twenty something, really. Um. But you've been married 20-something years. You've been an artist now. You're working in comics. You've done video games. You're happy. you got no kids. You figured it out. Just going to put it out there. Uh, I'm still working on figuring it out. But it's a, everything's a process. 50%. We'll give that. is <laughs> pretty good. But, like, man. I mean, so that's been an interesting. Like, how did you get into video games? Because I've known plenty of people that work in comics. And video games are on their backstory at all. Yeah, I had um, I had a very weird. Um... Hey, folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be. Comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, draw, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media, and the number is 623-847-90. 9-0 to give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully, you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. Sort of well, it wasn't weird. Like it makes sense, I think, in context. But it was like I had a, a couple years that um, I ended up doing a lot of job hopping, and I did a lot of like, um, just managing to get jobs that I wasn't a hundred percent qualified for, but that where they were basically they wouldn't pay me very well, but they would train me, and so uh. I did I did that a lot. Like I um, and it started like I was doing graphic design stuff and then on the side i taught myself some html which in and this was like 96 or something so it was like kind of if you knew 
H any HTML, you're really a hot shot in the graphic design. It's like you know, God, you yeah. are like, yeah. like you are a genius. Like anything computers, is, I wasn't born that time. I'm sorry, I'm only 23. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that time if you knew computers or anything with that. Well, it was everything like all the graphic design stuff was on computers. You know, we were using Illustrator and Photoshop and all that stuff and InDesign. But like the um, Actually, I don't. We weren't even using InDesign. We were using Quark Express back then. Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, but so I I learned some HTML and then I used that to get a better job where I was doing some web design stuff, and um, another job where they were doing more like web design, but they wanted to start trying to do video stuff, which okay. was like, so I learned. I went there and I started learning video editing. And that one was a really very strange job. It was like a, a Japanese businessman who sort of wanted to have a company in America, and it seemed like it was a like a prestige thing. That almost sounds like a front. Is what that sounded like, yeah, man. Yeah. That almost sounds like you know maybe it was the mafia. Who knows? Yeah. So every every couple months they would change what we did there. Like every three or four months, they'd be like. Maybe we don't do web de web design. Maybe we do video production. And then they were like, maybe we do 3D modeling and special effects. And as we were just like, fuck it, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll try it. And none of none of it ever like turned into anything. But I oh. learned a lot. I got to learn all that stuff. You know? It almost sounds like paid training, to be honest, yeah. Eric. Like we're yeah, gonna train really you on a bunch of shit, and it's. So you have wow, and then and so eventually I learned enough three D modeling stuff that um, I got a job at a at a little startup um, doing video game stuff, and I worked there for not very long, like six months before they laid went out of business and laid everyone off. But mm -hmm. um, but that was enough of a foot in the door, and and that was in San Diego, and the, um, at the time the the video game uh, there was you know five or six game studios around town and sort of everybody knew each other and um so it was just a, a couple months later that a friend of mine that i knew from my previous job called me up and said we're hiring you should apply so i hired and got the job and then um yeah and then i did that for that for 12 years and then um finally quit to go do video game or do comic books nice. mostly just because i was burnt out on video games video games is um I mean, comics has ended up being a lot more work, you know, day to day. But yeah. But the video games is like more brutal. Like the culture around it is like oh. the the studio that I worked at was a very large studio in San Diego, and um, there was awful, awful fucking things that happened to that studio. Like really? somebody committed suicide in the studio. Oh shit! Did not expect it, that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was dark, very dark. There's like, and like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I did not, I was so in, in the middle of it that I didn't realize how like just unhealthy and awful it was. It's very fucked business. It's very like, what can I say without getting in trouble? Uh, there's some stuff I'm doing <laughs> with video games right now. I love NDAs, right? Um, there's some stuff I'm doing with video games right now, and it's stressful even for me with the work I'm doing, which is bare to none compared to what some of the people are yeah. doing on there. And it's like, 
what I've talked to people who who've worked in the video game industry, people who worked on comics, it was just a friend's friend. And it really is almost. It's the community is pretty, especially these days, Jesus. It's pretty toxic, but mm-hmm. it's really tough not to be. And the people who make the games, there's not one person I know that's never drank a lot while making a video game. There's, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're usually drinking a bit, and it's like, mm, like it's it's very. I don't want to offend anybody, but it's just one of those things where it, you're, you're absolutely right. It is kind of a dark thing, depending on where you go, and it's a very high toxic, high stressful environment. Not yeah. always. But it's a good majority. It's one of those. My my experience was that there was a lot of uh, there was a huge amount of that thing where it's like you get um, you get um, I'm losing my words uh, when you get the next you get a promotion. You yeah. like there's so many people who just get promoted until they're in the job that they're bad at. So they're like a really, really good artist and they just get promoted and promoted until they're a manager. And then they yeah. can't get promoted anymore because they're really shitty managers. And and that's sort they make of where you're like at. hell. Yeah. And then they're just like, wait a minute here. Man. And you know, the thing the thing that I like about comics over video games is just that there's no money in it. I mean, you can't make a video game for less than a million dollars. And you can make a comic book for almost nothing, you know. It's true. So it's the pressure is a lot lower. Like people yeah. are a lot more reasonable in what they expect of you and what they, um, and what it, you know, just everything you're trying to do. Well, it's true. You got that, and you have Kickstarter for one thing. You can make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what ten grand there or something like that, and then you have a full fledged series. You have supporters if you make that much money on there, and you you do all that sort of jazz on there. Like there's people I've known that have supported three different chapters. So that's. 20 something books over a couple years of Instagram mm-hmm. plus merch mm-hmm. uh, doing like promotions and the Kickstarter and jazz like that. And they made it work. Like, and there's people I know who do indie books for IDW and image. They don't get a hell of that far at all. So it's like being an indie guy like ourselves. I mean, do you, do you do more indie work or do you think you do more work for like image, dark horse, Marvel DC sort of stuff like that? Um, dark horse has published, probably like 80 percent of my stuff um i've done a little bit of like marvel and dc um just like small small gigs here and there but nothing nothing really ongoing um so yeah like so it depends on what you how you interact with the with comics like there's some people who when you say when i say that dark horse publishes most of my stuff they're like oh an indie guy but like it doesn't seem like very indie to me like no it's, yeah. it's really no <laughs> no because it's it, i mean then again i think it's old school people who say oh you're indie when you're like idw or dark horse something yeah. like that when it's not anymore that's like the we we're just talking about like with kickstarter and shit like that people fund through just instagram and they have these comics digital and print mm-hmm. i think it's changed i mean it's definitely yeah. changed in 2020 but i yeah. think it's just all changed like you marvel and Marvel and DC definitely are like the big guys in the no. direct market, but they're not the big guys in the comic book industry anymore, you know? No, it's true. I would say almost IDW does a lot more. And the sense or image I know, almost. I don't know if IDW, like the really big the like the probably the biggest one. Ooh, now I'm saying this, I don't know if my numbers are right, but like Scholastic might be the biggest 
dollar-wise comic book publisher right now. You might be right on that one, actually. Yeah, like that. Those Rihanna Talgemeyer books, like Smile and stuff, like those are huge. And Bone through there is huge. Oh, and the Dogman comics, like those are, those are like gargantuan. Have you been to the section in Walmart though recently? I haven't been anywhere recently. Oh shit! Fair enough. (laughs) When we go, we go pandemic grocery shopping. It's Uh we. I tend to check out some aisles, like a toy aisle for collector stuff or like mm-hmm. the books. And my girlfriend and I have been looking at it. And there's so many Scholastic comics. Now that you really yeah. mentioned it, there's a lot of them in those aisles. Like they have one where there's a lot of blood in it. It's called I Survived. Have you heard about those ones? So it's like the, no. they're really cool. Check them out after a Like there's one where it's like some people, it's true stories. They're all true stories. I'm going to write this down so I remember to look up I Survived. Yeah, and I believe it's Scholastic. And the one I can think of on top of my head that I actually want to check out because I'm an animal guy with nerd and comic stuff, but it, it's I survived, and it, it's based on the shark attacks that happened, I think, in Maine. It was like a saltwater river, and so like some sharks were swimming in from the ocean, and it was the kids who got attacked, and it was the town that actually went in and hunted them down. It was like the first recorded shark attacks in the uh, United States. Uh-huh. And it was like kids' legs being bitten off and shit. I'm like, how is this in school lasting? What's going on? Like it, it yeah. blew my mind. And I'm like, I kind of want to read this. I flipped through a little bit. I didn't even reread. I flipped through and I'm like, this is really well done. And then now they have, I think, seven different I survived. And they're thick. They're like this thick a piece. Mm-hmm. And they're comics. Mm-hmm. And then school ask is doing. I mean, yeah, bone itself. I mean, that shit, that's gonna be a TV show, I think now. Maybe, who knows? But yeah, that was like a they announced a Netflix thing, didn't they? Oh, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but that, I mean, that bone has been an amazing thing because it's just like, I mean, he stopped, he finished that series, what, over 10 years ago? 15 oh, years ago? I was reading it when it was coming out because my middle school library would get them all. And they're like, mm-hmm. we have a new bone, and it would be a fight. I mean, she fell down to the ground. And so it was like the weirdest middle school library. We have a statue. We had a statue of Dobby. It was a life-size Dobby from Harry Potter in there. And so I mean, it was like, if you took a picture, it would be kids kind of pushing each other for bone to check it out. And Dobby's <laughs> just sitting there looking at us like disappointed as well as the school. <laughs> the librarian was just like, what is going on? And it's like, yeah, yeah. We want the new issues of bone. It's like, order more. It's like, well, we want it. <laughs> Those are back in the day, like 15 years ago. It was great. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's true. Like that's some news. Like you're really you've honestly like opened my brain up a little bit. Really saying school <laughs> like, book fairs too. Like, man, those did yeah. some numbers back in the day, those book fairs. And yeah. oh, man, you've opened up memory lane, Tyler. I don't know if you realize <laughs> I'm like going through with like flashbacks to like scholastic book whatnot. But you're right, like and there's a lot of people I know now who are going from the big two or even working for the big two and kind of doing a young adult like young adult comics have seemed to be the way of the future and i don't mean to offend anybody or maybe start some shit up but it seems like and i've been hearing the news dc doing and stuff too young adult seems to be the way of comics for a while now yeah i have mixed feelings about that like it it certainly seems like if you're talking about like book publishers and like the bookstore market that seems to be what people want to publish but um I think, I don't know, because, like, we really need, like, the industry as a whole needs, like, everyone to read comics, you know? True. Like, 
we need a lot more, um, you know, just adult general interest comics yeah. that aren't necessarily, um, you know, uh, superheroes or, or even horror stuff. Like we need more, like there need to be more like adult themed, like romance stuff. What would you, and when so... I say, when I say adult themed, I don't mean like porno. I mean like just romance for, uh, for people who are adults. Yeah, so it's like actual romance, not just like, yeah. hey, pretty lady, my car broke down. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. all right, all right. It's like that sort of thing. No, 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 no. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's because that's immediately what people are thinking. Oh, romance. Oh, Tyler's a little kinky. No, 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 no. Real romance. <laughs> Man, it's, it's true. Like, romance would be a good one. Um, mm -hmm. There would be some... I'm with you on that. Like, so romance would be one. What's some that you think maybe would be another some good ones? Because we got through all these yeah. ideas out there. The um, I think the a lot of the Japanese model is great. Like a lot of the manga they do, like sports manga, is great. Uh, Firefighter one. Yeah, like there's that. There's like a lot of cooking manga that's like. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Yeah. A lot of that stuff would just um, you know, if you could find the the sort of way to frame it culturally to fit in a in an American market, I think. Um, I think that stuff would do gangbusters. It's just there is just there's there's still the thing of trying to get an adult to buy a comic book that I think is, it's getting easier, but it is I think it is still kind of hard. Yeah, it is still a challenge. I mean, it's yeah. still a challenge to this day. I mean, like in pandemic, it's worse. People mm. are still buying. Like I usually go once a month now to my comic store because it's like it limits store shopping as much as possible. Yeah. And like, thank God for pull box, but. <laughs> that thing, like I know that's not helping them at all with sales. I'm like, fuck. But then it's also online sales too. I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, are people buying them online? I don't know. I have it's... heard, and this is just like there's a there's a podcast I like called um, uh, More to Come, mm. where they talk about a lot of um, comic book industry stuff. Right. And um, oh, there's my cat. Oh, it's fair. I don't know if you saw, but in the <laughs> left hand corner, my cat was on. I don't know if yeah, over here messy. <laughs> she was having a fair. time. Um, but the um, according to them, like talking to retailers and stuff, there's a like there's definitely some retailers who have gone out of business during the pandemic, and there are definitely a lot that are struggling. But there are also a lot that um, have seen the best year in forever, and apparently a lot of that is just people, you know, the people who still have money, have like they're not spending it on restaurants and. Mm. And they're spending a lot of time at home. They might as well, you know, consume the media they like. It's true. You're not you're not spending it on sports tickets. You're not spending it on amusement parks. You're not going to Disney. Yeah. You're not doing all that jazz like that. That's fair. That's yeah, very no vacations. Like... Yeah, yeah. There's um there's a documentary, and I always mention it whenever we talk about comic stores. Is I think you would like it. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. My comic book, my comic book documentary. It's a guy who went around, and it came out right in the beginning of the pandemic and everything went to hell, so it came out at a perfect time. It's behind the scenes on comic book stores, and he traveled to everywhere. It's clerk style, like Kevin Smith clerk style. He traveled mm -hmm. to comic book stores across the United States. Even the one, oh, what's his name in California? He was part of the big rock band. I'm drawing a name blank on the rock band. He owns a comic shop in Cali. He was one of the guys from Green Day, maybe? I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. He went to there, and it's all about, like, the good and the bad by comic book stores. And it's a good documentary. I would say check it out if you want to. It's really cool. 
the whole big thing with that's like an hour and a half long or something like that as well. Okay. What's it called? My Comic Shop uh, Documentary. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a couple bucks, but it's well worth it. And it shows like how sometimes I go out of business and how like one of the big things on there, I, I, there's a whole big chapter in it. And it's not really a spoiler because the whole thing, you and I both know about talking about the money part of it. Is how you don't really make that much money being a comic book store clerk. You totally <laughs> yeah. unless you're like some big famous person. Like that's the thing. Like I think I fucked myself in life, Tyler, because I work with animals. Not that much money in there. I work in comics. Not that much money in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, shit. <laughs> like uh, they're like, you're gonna be so rich. I'm like, oh, little do you know. <laughs> little yeah. do you know, folks. That goes back to the famous thing, but but yeah, like. Well, I'm curious on your side of things, though, man. Is there, like, a type of genre that you want to work in that you've never worked in before? Um, you've done a bit. I've done a lot. Like, I, not really. Like, really, the, the place that I'm the most comfortable is in horror. Um, that's the stuff that I find the most compelling, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm, that's basically all I do, really, you know. So I'm yeah. pretty happy yeah. doing that. <laughs> that's There's, fair. Uh, I mean, I would like to do some more, like, um, young adult kinds of stuff. But um, but it's... Hey, guys and gals. Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So, folks, we always know the classic saying, wear your freak flag high. Now you can, because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks. We have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast you can get on mugs, T-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And, of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick looking uh, pat, or stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. Vigilante in Training. Or, if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, in a word bubble, Make Comics Not War. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And, of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense. I give you guys stuff for free, which is the podcast, and now we give you some merch. Wear that freak flag high, folks, so thanks for tuning into this episode, and without further ado, let's take it back to Dakota from the past. I don't know. It's like, it's it's so hard to find the time to do anything. <laughs> I mean, these, yeah. these projects take so long to compete, complete that it's just like... You have to you have to really pick and choose what you work on, you know. It's true. And it's like the little known secret about our business is it's usually done and completed many months, like six months before it actually comes out or even announced. Yeah. And most of my stuff isn't well, my stuff this year definitely has been because I 
because pandemic slowed down distribution of everything. But um, yeah. but yeah, like um, it's usually it's not like comics are like the direct market is way faster than the book market. Like people I know who do books for like Harper Collins and stuff, they finish their book, and then the book comes out a year and a half later. You know, which is Jesus. just so long because <laughs> you know I'll do I'll do a book for Dark Horse and it'll come out you know within like well like at the beginning of the series usually I'll be you know it'll come out like three or four months after I've drawn it but by mm-hmm. the end of the series it'll come out like a month after I've drawn it. Yeah, that thing that seems about right, especially for Dark Horse because they can get it out like snap, like you're good. Yeah, because they usually like individual issues come out monthly, and it takes yeah. me two months to draw an issue nowadays. Yeah. That's not bad, considering I know people are like, "Yeah, we're three months on an issue." I'm like, how do you do that? How do you get away <laughs> with that? I couldn't imagine working three months on one issue as a writer, let alone being an artist. Like, Jesus. Mm. Also, how do you sit on a book? Then again, I've I've been sitting on a book series for the company I work for, SGGS, for about eight months. I have not mentioned a word of it on anything and that's been how do you do a year and a half how yeah like well oh my god usually like if you're doing that waiting the year and a half like you're allowed to talk about it you're allowed to be Are like you? well because usually the because the the book publisher is using that time to build marketing and they're like going around to like book fairs and showing the catalog uh, okay. to to people and and talking about what their season for you know 2023 will be and and all that stuff yeah so it's like, it's part of the marketing, but yeah. Sweet. Well, good man. I don't want to take too much of your time today. Um, so we're going to kind of we're at the near the end of the show here. Uh, I want to say, Tyler, this has been a blast talking to you, man. I think we've gone in-depth yeah. on a lot of shit. <laughs> and it was a good little, like, we mentioned the year a little bit, but it's been a good little escape from everything to say to the year. <laughs> nice. Like, oh, man, like, do you have anything? Like, now's the part where I give it to you guys, but I guess. But do you have anything you want to promote on the listeners that you can so you can yeah. not be able to talk about stuff? Well, right the second I have um, uh, books coming out uh, from Dark Horse. I'm work- I finished a series called uh, Colonel Weird Cosmagogue. It's part of uh, Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer world. Oh. So that that's coming sense. Yeah, so that's coming out right now. Um, I'm working on another uh, Black Hammer book that hasn't been announced yet right this mm-hmm. second. Um, and then on my Instagram right now, I'm working on a, uh, a comic that I'm just publishing on Instagram. I'm doing a panel a day that's oh, wow. sort of a, a horror thing that I'm doing on that. Oh. And that's wait, cool. let me look up what my Instagram is so I can tell people because I yeah, do yeah, yeah. never remember. That's fair. I, if I, I wouldn't, I wasn't doing all this stuff. I would definitely not remember. <laughs> like, well, I'm Mr. Tyler Crook with M I S T E R Tyler Crook. Your, uh, by the way, your Twitter profile is really fun. You seem to be changing it. Like I looked on it today, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's like anything you announced or anything like that recently. And, like I went on there and it said Mr. Taylor Crook. I'm like, he has fun on here. And <laughs> <laughs> you look like you do have fun yeah. on Twitter because. I mean, God, you have to, because if you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah, I've been actually trying to stay away from Twitter a little bit recently because it's been so just brutal on there. It's been very depressing. It's like there was an election and a pandemic happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or it's like 
I people are like, oh, you're on Twitter, Ben. I'm like, yeah, I am. They're like, well, isn't it pretty bad? I'm like, every now and then, evil seeps through. But I work very hard to make sure that stuff's pure. It's like yeah. holy water Twitter to me. I'm like, I cannot do anything. Bad. If it's like anything really like crazy and shit, like I'm gonna unfollow you, buddy. Or it's like, or anything yeah. like that. Like, yeah. It's all comics, toys, and games, man, and movies. That's it. That's it. You mention anything political? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, uh, did anyone watch and listen? Make sure you guys go follow him on there. Yeah, it's man. Thank you for coming on the show. This has been a That's good. It's my little... pleasure. Yeah, it's been Your fun. Your cat obviously is like food. The yeah. kitty's like, I need food, water, she's bother. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I have comic book opinions. <laughs> I have comic book opinions. What is it? Humanity sucks. That's very fair. Yep. She's got it. She's got her number. Well, thank you, man. Thank you so much. I will definitely let you know when the episode comes out, by the way, too. But you have yourself a good rest of the day, Tyler. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you, boss. Bye. Bye. Bye.